bolted awake, shattering a glass of liquor that was clutched in my fist. The other patrons of the bar sprang back from their stools with a shout. The man beside me was the only one to remain in his seat, casually raising his drink to his lips. I was panting heavily as if I had just finished a marathon. Adrenaline coursed through my veins, my eyes darting back and forth, trying to make sense of my new surroundings, desperately searching for Indy and the dragons. But I wasn't at Chateau Falco. I was in a seedy bar. What the hell? Then it hit me. It had been another of the night terrors, now turned day terrors, that had plagued me since the aftermath of the dragon invasion a few months ago. They were happening more often now, escalating in their brutality. But I was getting used to them. Kind of. I began my usual mental process of rationally stating the facts in order to calm my racing heart. The dragons are no longer a threat. Indy is safe. I'm not at Chateau Falco. After a few repetitions and deep breaths, I began to calm down, and reality began to emerge from the depths of my fractured mind. I glanced at my watch and scowled. I'm in a seedy bar, waiting for an unpunctual appointment. The man who called me with information on my parents' murder. I had dozed off. Again. By sluggish increments, my breathing returned to normal. I had lost track of the numerous variations of my terrors, but the mysterious box was always center stage, and the vision only ended when I opened it. But while in the dream, I never at first recognized the box, not until I opened it. Then, nothing but pain. I waved at the bartender. I'll sport around for the bar. Sorry, guys, I muttered. The bartender eyed me warily, no doubt wondering what would happen if he told me to leave. After all, I was the infamous wizard and local billionaire, Master Nate Temple, the Archangel, as some now referred to me, or as I like to imagine myself, the notorious N.A.T. Biggie Smalls had nothing on me. I'm fine, really. Let me make it up to everyone. Get me another one while you're at it, I muttered, plucking a few pieces of glass out of my now bleeding palm. I pressed a napkin in my fist to staunch the blood flow. After a few moments, the bartender finally conceded. Several of the men shook their heads and decided to drink elsewhere. I couldn't blame them. The calm man next to me still hadn't moved. The bartender placed a new glass of cheap, gasoline-spiked whiskey onto the warped, sticky oak counter. I scanned the room with a frown of both anger and disgust. It had been many years since I had been in a kill, a bar where violence was commonplace, even encouraged, and the hygiene equally dangerous, and was eager to pay my tab and get the hell out. After I got the supposed information about my parents' murder from the cryptic caller who had asked me to meet him here, if only that fucking appointment wasn't late, I could be home already. I sighed. No use. I was already here. Might as well wait a bit longer. My notoriety was apparent, 
judging from the hateful glares cast my way from various patrons of the bar, which might say something about me. After all, a kill was where only the most nefarious of supernaturals, or freaks, hung out. My reputation had really jumped after the Solar Eclipse Expo a few months back, when a harem of were-dragons had decided St. Louis was the ideal place to host a ritual spell that would ignite the rebirth of the ultimate god of all dragons, as well as being a convenient locale to announce to the world that magic was in fact very real. I hadn't agreed, and they hadn't survived. Now, even the locals were apparently terrified of me. And when I say locals, I'm of course referring to the magical locals, my people. Where I arrived, death and destruction was now expected to follow. That dragon event was what led me here tonight to...